Welcome back, everyone. This is Rules of the Arena podcast number 60. This week, we are back with another crossover episode from the Blind Ninja Studios catalog of shows. And this week, I'd like to highlight Homebrew Bound. From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. If you've tuned into Homebrew Bound before, you might remember back in 2019 or so when I asked Casey to make me a beer. And instead, he talked me into writing my own recipe and making it with his assistance. And fast forward a few months after I listened to every episode and had a general idea of what I was doing, uh, Casey assisted me with it, and I had my very first beer that I ever made. It was an English old ale that I dubbed Big Oaf, came in, coming in at a sessionable 12.1%. Now, this show, of course, is an excellent resource. If you are new to the hobby or maybe you're a seasoned homebrew aficionado, without further ado, I'll let them get into it. Hope you enjoy. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I am Brian. How are you doing? That is not making noise. (laughs) And this is the best beer show on the internet. When we don't have that shit happening. (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of neat. I like that. Re- I like that rewind sound. <laughs> it's a good sound. Like more more podcasts who use GarageBand to build their intro should use it. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> nice. Which is like all of them, I think. I'm pretty sure like 90 percent of the podcasts out there use GarageBand to build their intro. Which one did I say needed a like a rad guitar solo? Do you remember us talking about that? Yeah, I do. I don't remember which. Uh, There's one of them. Yeah. I'm like, could probably put a sweet guitar solo in there. Right? Yeah. And then a rewind sign. Yeah. Sound. And then, <laughs> then the guitar solo again. Because you rewound <coughs> to get back to it. And that's an infinite loop right there, baby. Yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> All right. We got Gordon joining us today. How's it going? Uh, yeah, so Gordon is, uh, you guys might know him from Department of Defense or Rules of the Arena, uh, if you guys have listened to those shows. Uh, he has expressed interest in becoming a homebrewer, so we're throwing him in the deep end. And you're gonna watch him drown, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we're here to help you I'm float. I'm floating, I, I, I drowned already, now I'm floating. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into that in a little bit here, uh, but, Brian... What have you been up to beer-related lately? You know, what I think you should probably do is is, is read us uh, some ad about the... Oh, you're right. I should probably do American that. Homebrewers Association, because they do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine, which I just received my copy of, and like always, read it in the bathroom. Click it is on a great bathroom read. <laughs> Click on, the, click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I will say, I just about uh, shit myself while reading it on the back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because the cover story for this issue is none other than the Sati. Ooh, that fucking beer. My favorite beer. I, I, I am going to say this here as a sound-minded, well, a living individual that... Uh, <laughs> That we here at Homebrew Bound are responsible for the resurgence of the sati. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's February twenty fourth. It's three forty four p.m. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would also like to give a shout out to our patrons, specifically our black belt patron Andy Thompson. If you like to be as awesome as Andy, head over to Patreon.com/slash/BlindedStudios and become a patron today. And if you're gonna do any Amazon shopping, uh, go ahead and head over to BlindedStudios.com. Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage. Your Amazon shop as normal really helps us out uh, and we get a bit of a kickback so yeah just do that thing now brian what have you been up to beer related and thank you for that save by the way you're very welcome (laughs) (laughs) uh let us see nothing of any large significance um just kind of maintaining at the brewery um Oh, wrote another recipe for another double IPA that seems to be 
again, like I said, for some reason, we sell a lot of lager and we sell a lot of double IPA. And that's what our you, brewery well, is known for, apparently. Yeah. Well, and you guys are one of the few, like, kind of doing, like, West Coast style uh, double IPAs. Yeah, we'll in jump in. We'll, we'll jump into that and and or mix it up, whatever. Um, this one that's coming up um, is called Fifth Wheel because we did double bromance and it was in reference to the two brewers and the two owners of the brewery. So <laughs> you know, we're it's funny. Like Justin and I, when we started working on this, we were just kind of acquaintances, and now we've pretty much grown to be best friends. And and I mean, we talk. I think I, I probably talked to him more than he talks to his wife, and, I, and she'd probably say the same so there's that and then when we hired our our second brewer uh the two brewers realized that they were very similar dudes and they really liked hanging out and they enjoyed each other's company so that kind of left katie the uh the third brewer um she's also the head brewer at bobtown it kind of left her as you know the fifth wheel or whatever and so she you know she's like you guys have your your beer named after you guys i want you know i want my own my own beer so we kind of cooked up this um well honestly what do i always say about like ipa and double ipa i'm always like keep it simple it it's you know it's it's going to be 50 percent two row 50 percent pilsner um and then i think hop wise it was like simcoe and chinook oh nice i mean done just classic Mm -hmm. (coughs) yeah and then just you know hop it at hop it at five days and um you know, give it a bubble at 24 hours and 48 hours and then... A little booble. Yeah. A little buble, little Michael buble. And then uh, call it a day, uh, you know? And there, it's... Well, I should I should add, I always put table sugar into IPA as well. So that makes sense. There's going to be a, dry a, a big old sack of corn sugar. Yeah, that is one thing missing from our water beer, so we'll talk about that in a second. Right on. Uh, That's pretty much it. I don't know. Been a kind of slow week. I mean... Maybe. Otherwise, uh, which is fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with like having a nice easy week. <laughs> yeah. I was like sick all week again, as you guys can probably hear. Well, you know, it's uh, it adds that uh, uh, that 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 depth of sound to your <laughs> yeah. to your voice. You know. Yeah, I get to realize I work in a building every day that like hundreds of people. Oh yeah, no, you're cycle in and out of it. It's it's almost as bad as like being a daycare operator oh, or a or school teacher, a school marm. A school marm, yeah, that's somehow <laughs> that somehow sounds like much worse to me than than being in a brewery. <laughs> well, I was talking about the amount of germs that you're. <laughs> yeah, right. No, don't get me wrong. Dealing with beer every day is way better than dealing with children. <laughs> oh man, beer well, doesn't kick and scream. We were recently. This, it was recently brought up that there was a guy who started one of the more popular breweries in Minnesota. Was he's going to take um, a step back and he's going to become a silent partner? And immediately I was like, oh, dude's sick of making no money. Because <laughs> he came from like an IT background and I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah, now I understand. Because <laughs> he, he had said a few times, like, this was the biggest pay cut I've ever taken. And I'm like, hey, I've always been doing this pretty much. So this is <laughs> not this is the biggest paycheck I've ever <laughs> had. <laughs> this is as much money as I've ever made. <laughs> yeah, no, going from going from IT down to brewing seems seems rough. But you do it for the love of the game, right? Well, it is. And, I, you know, to, to be honest, you, I say this every time we get approached by somebody, on, somebody that wants to intern at the brewery, you know, I look at them squarely and I say, do you want to do this because you like it or do you want to do this because you like the idea of it? Don't answer right now, but I want you to, like, really, really think about that because this isn't. You know, it's not a an industry for you know weaklings, um, whether they be male or female. Period. I mean, you, you got to be a, a tough nut, and you got to be smart, and you got to do a lot of work, and a lot of work that's physical, and a lot of a lot of mental gymnastics, you know, and a lot of you know, as as you see. I mean, we try to keep things pretty surface on the show, but there's some pretty deep dives you can go um, with brewing. But you know, just make sure you 
you know, you're, you're in it to win it. Or Do you like janitorial work? Well, <laughs> what was Ethan doing on Friday? Like Friday afternoon, it was like... He was supposed to be scrubbing the trench. He was he was actually <laughs> scrubbing the damn trench. But, you know, that's what he was... It was that was his Friday, was scrubbing the, the floor and scrubbing <laughs> gunk out of a drainage trench, like colloidal protein and yeast bits. You know, and then Katie, it was like 4 o'clock on a Friday and she was doing dissolved oxygen tests on, uh, you know, cans of beer that were six months old to check in, you know, check on the total, the TPO, the total packaged oxygen. Yeah. Uh, and she definitely, that is definitely not her favorite thing to do. Are you saying that running a brewery <laughs> isn't just sitting around and drinking beer and talking about beer and thinking about beer? Well, yeah. And then why was I standing there talking to her at 420? What was I still doing at the brewery at four, something, 430? Well, because we were going to play Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, there, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we, and we and we did. So. <laughs> anyway, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Uh, man, no, I, so I got the uh, got the water uh, beers out of the fermenter and into kegs. No uh, shit. Yeah. And no way we can sample them when we're off the air. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I want to wait until they're carved. I all think right, I think right. that'll be good because I, I want us both to go into it. Well, I want I want you to go into it pretty blind. I've already sampled them. Yeah. And I idea. like and so I'm thinking after after you're back from your from your European vacation, uh-huh. uh, we will try to get we'll try to nail Tear Beast down and yeah. see if we can get you guys on the show and uh, get some of the Hunyucks from uh, DOO on and yeah. see if they can tell the difference. We'll do some triangle tests. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Justin, um, for those that don't know, is my business partner, co-owned Hop and Barrel, and he uh, is stuck at home. His garage door broke. So he's literally stuck. Yeah, so he can't get out. <laughs> Interesting. Was uh, he supposed to do something at the brewery today that he didn't want? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think anything specific, but he was kind of bummed he couldn't get down there. Yeah. Um, one of our employees is finally turning 21. That's so. right, yeah, because you're bailing right after here to mm-hmm. go do with that. Yeah, that should be interesting. I mean, uh, I okay. can fi- finally... Because she's always she's always asking these questions, like really good questions. But and now you can answer them. And now, now I can be like, here, just try this. And, now, now you could try the beer yeah. officially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> officially. Well, and then we're well. T- truthfully, well, we're in Wisconsin, so yeah. I, I know that she has been down there with her uh, her dad and yeah. had a couple of beers. Yeah, what an interesting law that is. Well, yeah. So I mean, if I I don't I think it's sixteen. It, you, and above, you can... No, it's like no, 14. It's, it's any age. Or any age. Yeah, any any age. age. Okay. And, but it's up to the... It's up the, to the, the establishment. establishment. And so since uh, we did, we had a um, we had an employee that was 19 at some point, and we were like, okay, well, that's our, like, cutoff. Like, no one under 19. I mean, you know, honestly, like, what they're going to come in and quaff craft beer. There was there was, There is a kid that comes in with his parents, and he, since he's been 18, has been in brewing school... Um, oh, wow. You know, yeah, either in Michigan or somewhere around the country or around the world, Germany. And when he comes in, I'm like, no, nah, you just, you know, whatever. He's always with his parents. They do it the right way. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, I don't, I know he's not going to. He's, he's not there to just get wasted. <laughs> right. He's there because he's working. He's studying. And, uh, you know, so we're cool with that as well. But, you know, at our establishment, it's 19. Cool. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, yeah, Wisconsin has a law on the books where... <laughs> Wisconsin alcohol laws are fucking weird. <laughs> was, They're very open. <laughs> it was Wisconsin's middle finger to the feds when they said, well, either you raise the drinking age of 21 or we cut your highway funding. They're like, yeah. fine, we do it, but this is what we're also doing. That's so. why nationally it's 21 in in yeah. the United States because they'll, they'll yank your federal road funding and nobody wants that. Yes. We like roads. Roads are pretty great. <laughs> well, there's a lot of fucking snow on them all the time, so they need to be good. Just like that, the potholes were filled. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Besides that, um, not not a ton. I haven't uh, done any like real brewery hitting. Um, about the time you're in Europe, I will be in Chicago hitting a few breweries. So that'll be fun. What are you gonna check out? Um, I haven't decided yet. Mm. Like, it, there's so many. There's so many. I'm pro- I might go to Revolution. I'm gonna definitely skip Goose Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's that? There's a, a really kind of a neat podcast called uh, the Beer Insiders Roundtable. 
I've not heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, check that one out. They usually talk about what's hot and what's going on in Chicago. Okay. Based out of there, and it's pretty regular. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, like, I haven't really done Chicago. I should do Chicago. Yeah. So, well, why not? I'm going to go do that. Um, it's a really good time of year. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it honestly is because nobody else is going to Chicago. Ah, uh, touche, my friend. <laughs> well, I, and I don't care what the weather is going to be like. I'm going from hotel to Uber to mm-hmm. brewery. Like, <laughs> I get stuck in Chicago for a couple of days. I left Minnesota, was trying to get to Guatemala, and I had stuck there for a couple of days, and I was able to... I realized how how close the the train was, and I realized how familiar I was with the red and the and the blue line, and so rolled around and hit some, some brew spots. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I needed to check out the whole transit situation and figure yeah, that out yeah, yet. It's pretty slick. Not as slick as other transit systems in the country. There's some really good transit systems out there. Yeah. There's also some really shitty ones out yeah. there. Yeah. The one in Seattle still boggles my mind. It's one train line. Yeah. That goes from the south to the north. If you need to go anywhere else, I don't know. I don't know what you did before. Well, I guess cabs or whatever. Well, before Uber? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had to call somebody and talk to them. Lyft and Uber? Oh, I don't want to talk to anyone. All right. (laughs) I just want to... (laughs) What you called in Minneapolis is pretty neat. The the railway. Light light rail? Yeah, the light light rail. rail. That also goes nowhere? Well, we took it from Buddy's apartment south of Minneapolis into Nicollet Mall area and then did um, the parade and then Santa's workshop and then we hit Rock Bottom and a few other breweries and then somehow... Ended I up. thought you hit Rock Bottom at Santa's <laughs> workshop. <laughs> <laughs> We're adults at Santa's yeah. workshop. <laughs> well, uh, what are we doing? All right. Uh, why don't we talk about some beer here? We're about 15 minutes in are we? to oh a God. half hour podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody shut up. Except for Casey. <laughs> Uh, well, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk with Gordon in a second here, but um, yeah, so I have the ESE English Barley Wine from 2017. We talked about it, hit style. This is two years old now. I'm curious to see uh, like if we got oxidation. Oxida- oxidation. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I could not make that word happen. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, just a, just a quick reminder on what the recipe looks like. It is oh, that's right. I have to double click on it in order to get percentages. Seventy nine percent UK two row, ten and a half percent Simpsons light, ten and a half percent Simpsons medium, and yeah. Uh, then we used uh, Target. Uh, for 60 IBUs at 60 minutes. Uh, then we used... Uh, what else do we use? Uh, oh, we threw some EKG and Fuggle in there at uh, 30 minutes and at Flame Out. And then fermented with London Ale from Y-East. I will grab the number for you because I know you're going to ask. Oh, I always do. I know. Uh, 1318. Oh, okay, so three. Yeah, yeah right? One and three? I don't know. Is that... Uh, no, I think we just did London Ale 1. 1318 is 1? Okay. Oh, no, no. 1318 is 3. Ha! Uh, I just, I googled uh, London Ale Y East and it brought up 1318. I mean, as we as we go along and, and I don't use them anymore, like I lose my Y East yeah, uh, numbers. 1028. But 1028? 1028, yep. Right. Yeah. I used to be able to rattle off like every Y East number. All right, so yeah, um, came in at uh, established or uh, original gravity of eleven oh one. Finished out at. Do I have that on here? I don't think I do. That's insane. What was the poundage on your grain again? Uh, Nineteen pounds of grain. Oof. Beastly. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so it's it's a uh, it's a ten percent barley wine. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Let's let's kind of talk about it. Um, Can we get a style guidelines section? Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, I've been playing a lot of uh, Final Fantasy Seventeen D. Seventeen D in the BJCP. In the BJCP. And uh, keep in mind, it is you know two years old, so we're expecting a little bit of oxidation. Yep. Um, probably Definitely. some some cardboardiness. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not too much. Hopefully it accents rather than takes away. But we'll see. It's two years old and it's a homebrew. Mm, yeah. 
All right, um, seven turn D. So we are looking at overall impression, a showcase of multi-richness and complex, intense flavors, chewy and rich in body with warming alcohol and a pleasant, fruity or hoppy interest. When Asian can take on port-like flavors, a wintertime sipper. Good for a day like today because we had another snowpocalypse last night. <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you think, man? man I mean, this is the first time you've had this one, right? Yeah, the aroma is excellent. Um, is This is exactly what I was expecting out of a two-year-old barley, barley wine. Um Nice and rich, malty, um, sweet toffee character. Um, there's a, a little bit of butterscotchy diacetyl, but I, but it's okay for for this style. Um, a tiny bit. Yeah, English allows a little bit. Yeah, and so it's it's extremely subtle. I don't know how many people would pick it up, especially if you're not sensitive to it. You know, a lot of people that are not sensitive to it. I'm one of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I knew a guy who owned a, a brewery that specialized in English beers, and he couldn't detect diacetyl. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, in any case, um, yeah, dark fruit for sure, dates, raisin plum, that whole gamut. I'm not really getting any... Um, any real hop character necessarily other no, than like, that, that makes a sense, slight though. spice but I, I'm 99% sure that's from yeast so yeah aroma man this is, uh, this is good it smells great um, appearance wise mm-hmm. we got like this really nice copper reddish hue there's some little particulate you know this beer is like so heavy and you know Oh, patented beer light here. Yeah, that's we're looking at patented beer light over here. If you're, is that if you're the watching, patented beer light. That is the yeah. patented beer light. Well, the other the other lights in here, if you're not, they're too soft. You're not watching. Yeah, they're like soft studio lights, so you can't quite see. But we have we have the one bare bulb, <laughs> <laughs> naked and offensive in the corner. <laughs> it's naked and afraid. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, <clears throat> uh, no head really on this, but no. um. And, and again, usually these get poured like 10, 15 minutes before we go yeah. on the air. So even though, though it, it came out a little, a little still, yeah. um, a little on the, mm-hmm. on the still side, but for a barley wine, I don't necessarily mind that. Mm-mm. Um, Gordon, do you have anything you'd like to say about this? Yeah. Just a little bit of cardboard on the back of the palate. Um, mm-hmm. but everything else that you were describing, Brian, definitely there, but then it just, we had a little bit of pen cardboard just kind of yeah. hanging over. There's, there's like sherry too, if you can get that in your head. Um, and then the diacetyl or butterscotch I was talking about is kind of getting wrapped into uh, caramel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I, w- an, I would like say an old old woman's uh, purse candy. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with those. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of like. Um, would it be weird if I said tobacco? No, no, I, that makes sense actually. If that makes sense to people out there. Uh, like when I say that though, I say if you walked in and got a pouch of like drum like pipe tobacco, roll your pipe tobacco or roll your own cigarette type tobacco. That's like new and fresh. Um, Oops, that was the bell. <laughs> you open the door and the, he opened the drawer and the bell. Oh yeah. Here we go. Yeah, not as deep and smoky as that, but definitely, yeah, we're passing around um, some old Dublin uh, old uh, Dublin pipe, pipe tobacco. tobacco that happened to be in Casey's <laughs> drawer in the studio for uh, God knows what reason. Uh, well, uh, for smoking. <laughs> All righty then. Fair enough. What else is it used for? I don't, uh, I don't know what, what you do with your <laughs> tobacco. <laughs> this isn't DOO. I could say a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like. I think it's aged really well. I think so, too. Um, there's no way, like, when you're aging something like this, there's no really no way to get around that oxidation. Yeah. Like, obviously, the carb could be better, but other than that, I don't have, yep. any, I don't have any complaints. I mean, yep. the, the booze is there, but it's, it's subdued. Yep. It's not hot, solventy. It's I like, like it. I like this better than I did when it was fresh. Um, I feel like th- things have mellowed out and kind of come together a little bit. Um, fresh, like th- those hops were, were definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, that oxidation was gone, but it was also a little bit more booze forward. Yeah. And you said it was 10%? Yeah. yeah and there, no booze at all yeah. on the pong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely very good. Well, shall we dive into our discussion topic for, uh, yeah. for the day? What so we, our discussion. What are we, what are we're, we doing here? Honestly, Gordon? We're, we're, we're discussing <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> Tearing apart my my shitty recipe. All right, Gordon. Do you do you want to do you want to kind of explain how this happened? Uh, yeah. Um, 
So, well, how far back? Uh, well, so I went well, from not story drinking, start at yeah. the beginning. <laughs> Six years ago, I did not drink beer. Period, and I got oh, dragged up. To, yeah, well, I can fast. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and then I got dragged up to the local brewery, Pitchfork, and walked in, had two of their beers, and never really left. In part because I was painting house at that time, and the head brewer Mike just got out of painting, and so I was up there two to four times a week. Like Mike, I fucked this up. How do I fix it? Until one day I walked in and somebody called in sick and like, oh, do you want a job? I'm like, uh, sure. So now he was paying you to say, Mike, I fucked up. How do I fix yeah. it? <laughs> I was a volunteer at that point. Um, and told myself, uh, you know, I drink beer, but I'd never get a job at a brewery. And then I got a job at a brewery. And then I told myself I was never going to homebrew. And now I wrote a beer recipe. <laughs> Weird how that works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, we were, I don't know, there was like one night after we were, we had beers at Pitchfork. Yeah, it was after um, uh, trivia night. Yeah. And then like it was snowy as shit and we were hungry. So we went down and had some burgers at Agave. And uh, you said, hey, what would it take for you to brew me this beer that I want? And I said, just brew it your fucking self. I I offered to pay time material. (laughs) And I was like, and in my head, I'm thinking, hmm, I need content. So uh, yeah, so after a few beers, I was like, "Well, no, just just write it yourself, bring it onto the show, and we'll we'll talk about it." And then it sounds like he went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I spent. I'm like, oh, I can write a beer recipe. How hard can this be? And <laughs> seven hours later, sitting on the internet, not knowing a fucking clue what I was doing, I then delve into four years of depart of uh, homebrew bound. I originally started with the newest episode. Is that right? As you started your hop series, okay. and listened to that, and was confused as all hell. And that's when I went back to day one episode one and from there you know once I kind of had a handle on everything that's when I found a website and they actually had a nice format where it had all the different malts and then a description and what styles are typically used in and that kind of gave me a good baseline it was yeast that still gave me a little bit of trouble but listed more homebrew bound and then finally kind of got a handle on that and all right bouncing ideas off of brewers I know so was there a I mean, I'm not going to ask this with Brian here, but uh, is there is there an episode that you like? I was going to ask which co-host you like best. But. <laughs> oh, man, so. uh, no, but uh, like what is, is there was there an episode or a series of episodes that you really like? I, I don't get a whole lot of homebrew bound listeners on the show. So. <laughs> uh, the, the whole ESC bit, um, just because it, I, I would listen to that if I wasn't if I was at home, I'd pull up the BJCP and kind of read through and then listen to how you guys were distri- describing things. And it changed the way that I went in to a brewery and would try things and try to keep in mind what it should taste like not like oh this tastes like shit because i that's what i thought Mm -hmm. but yeah but it's also turning into a bit of a snob when it comes to tasting new beers (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the danger (laughs) um all right so uh yeah so this is this is your your very first recipe so kind of kind of what's going to happen here um gordon's going to present his recipe we're going to talk about it um kind of dive into it tweak it a little bit and then I guess we're going to brew it at some point and try it on the show. Yeah. And kind of go from there. So, uh, what, what is your, so what's, uh, first, what, what style are you going for? Uh, as your very first beer. The, the style that I had in mind was an Imperial Baltic Porter. Um, okay. Under BJC's style, it would be more Russian Imperial Stoutish. Okay. Than anything. What's the number on that? Um... Let me grab you a number here. Were you talking like in 20 American? Uh, I think it would be export stout. Oh, they yeah, I forget they. Yeah, it's not Russian Imperial now. It's now export stout. Is it 28 something? Uh, no, that's wild beer. Jeez, um, you'd think we'd... Dark ex, <laughs> dark British beer? Foreign, no, it's not foreign export. It's... Uh, I thought Russian Imperial was still in there. Uh, no, Russian Imperial's not. There's an Imperial Stout. There's an Export Stout. Is it? For, no, because foreign export is different Dark stout. British beer? Uh, well, so I don't think that's the foreign extra stout, though, because they named it something else. I remember. We, yeah. Anyway, we whatever. It's, I'll keep looking, but let's let's move all on. Oh yeah, let's move on. Okay, so, uh, so you're you're looking for big, big old stout. Yep. 
or this, a porter? Out of a frustration because of the IPA craze, in particular the Northeast AC IPA craze. Just it, whipping around the other end yeah. completely. Okay. So uh, what, what flavors are you kind of thinking for this beer? Uh, trying to get the that chocolate, the toffee notes, uh, the kind of the, and I was even thinking doing barrel age and trying to pull so out kind of going Englishy with and, it. Yeah. Okay. Um, the beer that I had two or three years ago now, it was Boulder Shake, barrel age, 18 months, and then served as a cask. And it's like all the good things about Boulder Shake and just put it on this barrel pedestal. So Boulder and Shake is a chocolate milk stout, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, or? they call it a porter, but it's more milk stout. Than okay. Anything. And they put, and I think they, they must have thrown some sort of molasses or something there. It made the body a little bit thicker and kind of gave it that, that, so molasses will probably thin out. Yeah. What okay. I uh, honestly that like how thick the body is is will I, I mean if it's a high gravity beer it's going to be pretty chewy. Uh, yeah, this poured know. like maple syrup coming out of that cask mm-hmm. and that's like the beer it's like I want that again even though that beer will never be made again is just a one-off okay. thing. So we're kind of looking for the base there like an imperial um boulder shake. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to add lactose to it or rather not? Okay. I'm trying to go. Honestly, I'd be careful about putting lactose into barrels. If you're going to be barrel aging this, I, I don't have... think we're going to be barrel aging. Oh, that. okay. Well, but... then never mind. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cause you have this really interesting theory about lactose in barrels. Well, I just, just reverse the, the theory anecdotal is, a- yeah, evidence. The theory is just that it oxidated both of them. Yes. <laughs> I've never well, I've never put anything with lactose into a barrel and I did and both of them were oxidated, but I don't know, I might have been handling so. Well no, yeah, we were talked about we need to actually like dive into I that. need to do some googling and kick it around instead of just talking shit. So yeah. No, I, but it's <laughs> but like that's that's a really interesting thing that we should dive into yeah. deeper at some point. But all right, so what's what's the recipe that you have right now? Um for malt, I have 18 pounds Belgian pale, four pounds of crystal 120, one pound of roasted, and one pound of chocolate. Okay, so percentages, we're looking at 75% base, um, 16.5% uh, crystal, uh, 4% chocolate malt, 4% oat. Um, right off the bat, I'm thinking that's that's a ton of roast malt. Isn't that a pound? A pound? Oh, it's a percentage. I'm sorry. Oh, four percent. Yeah, and back that off. Yeah, one to two. Uh, what was the other? Uh, sixteen and a half percent crystal one twenty. Uh huh. And then seventy five percent base malt, and then four percent oat. Um, I'm looking up a product right now called Simpsons DRC. Uh, I think the. SRM on it is I think I might have 100 to 120 I I hate using the marketing verbiage that they use in their ads but this is like the key to good stout is uh, Simpsons DRC Simpsons dry double roasted crystal so you're using a crystal 120 this Simpsons DRC I think is going to be the ticket this one for you um, why did you go with Belgian pale malt? Just looking at, I was trying to find other big stout and porter recipes mm-hmm. on whatever hell homebrew site that I popped on, and <laughs> nine times out of ten, the Belgian pale popped up. <coughs> Got it. I would recommend something like Maris Otter or Golden Promise. Yeah, me too. I also thought about Golden Promise, especially after hearing you talk about it quite a bit on the show. It's one but, of my favorite malts. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful malt. <laughs> Just never saw it come out yeah. every, anywhere else. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would do that. I think you're going to get... Um, so it sounds like you're going for like an Englishy character with the with the toffee um, and stuff like that. So I really think you want to go for English malts. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely... Um, Go fifty fifty on it too. You can yeah, if you, you want. can blend it if you want that the Belgian. Belgian pale, and then you can <coughs> toss the toss some uh, uh, Maris or Golden Promise in there. Yeah, what would you recommend, Maris or Golden Maris. Promise? Or you Maris? Yeah, I'd probably do Maris Otter. Uh, yeah, so yeah, do Maris Otter on that one, and then um, yeah, definitely way back off that roast. And you're doing flaked oats are in there. 
I did throw oats in there just to add some body to it. So, and you have a roast malt. Do you like roast character, acrid, or would you want this to be a little more smooth? A little bit more smooth. I mean, okay, I like that kind of coffee. Probably roll roast. with um, a debittered black. Yeah, Carafa three, debittered, or there's a malt from Breeze. Breeze called Black Prince that I think makes a fine um, stout with good dark quality, but not too much acridity in the roast. Um, because if you're talking about this beer you were thinking of, it it was called Shake, and so that makes me think that there's not, like, much roast in it. Yeah, because you can get the coffee flavors without the astringency. You think about putting some, uh, like, some some dark candy sugar syrup in that? Because uh, you were talking about molasses. Yeah, I was just kind of bouncing ideas off uh, with Mike up at Pitchfork, and he said, just have some molasses on hand just to help the... The uh, sh- the yeast break down more sugars to try to hit that higher ABV. Uh, yeah, but then that'll also th- you know you're gonna get a thinning it'll effect. It'll right? thin because uh, it'll it'll thin a little bit, like it'll stretch it a little bit. But if it goes for simple sugars first, and you know it'll when it's when it's done consuming more simple sugars, it'll leave the longer chain alone. Um, but I mean, with things like some unfermentables in there and like flaked oats and stuff that'll kind of make up for it but yeah I mean the candy syrup sugar probably it does the same thing as molasses but yeah yeah um yeah so if you do something like like that molasses or the the candy sugar that'll they'll help boost your ABV but yeah uh I would add I don't know four four percent oat seems pretty good mm-hmm I don't think I'd go any much higher than that. I would rice haul this to... Oh, 100%. Um, do you know... Does that make sense, Gordon? Nope. Uh, so when when we crack the malt, we don't really mill the malt. It's more like cracking it. And the reason why we crack it uh, or mill it like that is so we don't completely obliterate the husk because the husk of the malt is what um, gives us a filter bed in order to... You know, to louder and disparage, and louder just simply means separating liquid from solid. So when we're sparging, when we're loudering, when we're trying to get our sweet wort into the boil kettle, uh, if we don't have a good filter bed, we're going to get a stuck mash, and you're also going to get, um, you know, little pockets that that aren't being rinsed properly. So you get a big, a big chunk of like sugar, you know, starch that turned into sugar sitting here, and it all the, everything's going past it and then so at that point we're not very efficient in the brew house okay this boils down to brew house efficiency so adding rice hulls into the mix and i don't you know for for, for us on a, on a pro level it's like oh we're just gonna add you know a half a, bu- a half a bushel it's i don't know it's not really a bushel technically it's like the the sack that it comes in it's like either use a half or a full it depends on what you're doing yeah so i don't know Casey, yeah no uh so percentage wise homebrew home level uh you, you just buy it in a one pound bag for like okay. four bucks. And then I like to throw half the bag in unless like I'm doing, unless like it's 50% or more wheat, yeah. then the entire bag goes in. And if you stick, there's nothing that says you can't, you know, reset, stir. Yep. I've done that. Yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> I've done that on a professional level too. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh dude. Like you don't, there was, it was, there was a, God, this one valve where it was, it was, um, they have little like peaks and valleys and you kind of click, click, click. And it, and this one was, um, you'd go, you'd open it, you go down, oh, up a valley, down into a valley and up to the top. And it's not, the valve's not really designed to do that, but you, you can. <laughs> so if you weren't, it, it was like, God, it, Brewer Dennis from uh, Inbound, God damn it, I wish he were here. Uh, but it's like you... If you got it up onto that valley, it would louder totally fine. But if you were like, oh, the louder's going well today, it's going pretty quick, I'm gonna click her down into the next valley, boom, it would stick. Not every time, sometimes it'd be like, okay, the louder will go more quickly, but if it was like any stickier than than usual, then you were, you were hosed and you had to like completely shut everything down. Like, like, get in there, chop it all up, get the rakes going, and you know, get that all rolling again. And I mean, you know, God knows what, you know, horrible things that does to the. You know, <laughs> and it breaks your spirit as a person. Well, that too. <laughs> adds add another thirty minutes to your day. But anyway, 
So yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I would go with it. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I I don't. And then uh, what were you talking about for hops? Like I think I think the grist is pretty set. Like so, where are we at on the grist there, Gordon? With your notes. I I I just updated to the Maris Otter and okay. then the Carafa debittered. Yep. Um. And then as far as the Back the that roast to uh, the the, the, the crystal malt or the caramel malt. Um. Are you gonna swap out for the DRC or? Sure. You stick with the yeah. 120. Okay. Um. I would like, and this is this is just me, and I don't know if Brian would do something different, but I would take some like if you're gonna do that much. Play around with it. Add some different caramel malts in there. You get a little bit more complexity. Yeah, layering caramel malts in this kind of beer is definitely a good plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe like a mid-level, like a sixty. This is definitely a situation. I don't know. I'm always like, Ooh, don't use C sixty on IPA. It'll, yeah. Whatever. This is a situation where I'd, I'm like, yeah, use C sixty. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're just going to get a much more complex flavor. It's going to be more a more interesting beer, I think. I think so, too. I think you could go half and half on it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, do the deep bitter instead of the chocolate malt. Um, flaked oats. And if you really want, like, some chocolate character, <coughs> throw some cacao nibs in the, yeah. in the fermenter. Sure. Like, like if, if you're really looking, like, taste it and be like, okay, I mean, maybe some adjunct here would be nice, but... And the kind of the... the What I was thinking in my head, kind of like um, the sweeter toffee notes and then try to balance it out with a little bit of that kind of that dark chocolate. Yeah, okay. Not so it's not... It's just not a chocolate syrup. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so uh, what, what were you thinking hops? I just put in uh, Willamette or Willamette, whatever you want to call it, um, just because that I've seen that hop used in a lot of different stouts, uh, locally primarily, and right. wanted to play it safe. I looked at some other clone recipes for other stouts, and there was I saw a little bit of Willamette and then also some Nugget in there, but I've... So I'm looking at this, and I'm seeing a lot of, uh, <coughs> a lot of English, a lot of English-Scottish. Why not use an English hop? Like Fuggle or Target or something along that line. Fuggle's the other one I thought about, but again, just I haven't had a lot of beers with Fuggle okay. outside of what you've brewed. But yeah, to me, to me, this is a clean bittering situation. Just straight bittering, not worrying about any yeast mm-hmm. or hop character. Uh, I mean, well, what does Gordon want to do? I, yeah. I didn't want. I was just trying to look for a bittering agent just okay. to balance out that. Sweetness. Then, then if you're literally, if that's all you're looking for, then you want to go with something with high alpha acid, so you're like not warrior or magnum. Well, and the reason why I say that is because you know Columbus and Magnum and and uh, shit. I don't know. I, I mean, this is one of those like, what do I have laying around at the brewery that's high alpha acid that's just going to get the bittering done. You know, because you're probably looking at you're probably looking at a a 60 minute edition, and not much else. I mean, maybe a 30. I mean, it doesn't really lend anything except for just more bitterness units. But Columbus, Magnum, um, Warrior, Warrior, Simcoe would even work. It's literally it's whatever you have that's high. Anything, yeah, high A that's sitting around. yeah, so I mean that makes sense. If yeah, if you're not looking for any of the the character from the hops and you just want bitterness, do that. Sure. And then because you're looking at an ounce or two instead of four or five, <laughs> and so it's it's just cost effective at that point. Well, right? yeah, and then your your yield will be a little better because you're not you don't have any of that hot matter in the bottom of the yeah. kettle and make it for an easier chill, especially with a plate chiller. You're trying to jam. Hop tube through it. Oh, you think I'm fancy enough to have a plate chiller? <laughs> <laughs> I just got you, temp man, control, bitch. There are many, there are many fine Blickman products, and, I know. and one of them is the, the, Blickman the plate chiller. Blade chiller. <laughs> oh, actually, I had, honestly do have a question about plate chillers for you. And, and may, is there a plate chiller that you can like? I the only thing I'm worried about with a plate chiller is you can't tear it apart and clean it. You can't no, well, not the homebrew ones. I don't. I know you can't. But so I was like, you that, don't really need to be pulling your plate chiller apart that often. Well, but every once in a while, make sure that. Well, but I suppose if you flush it right away, it's a non-issue. You've seen our 
We've, we have like a big, huge two-stage chiller that's connected to glycol. I, I can't even imagine pulling that apart. I mean, we will have to eventually, but the one day that... <laughs> we will have to clean it someday. Well, it, it's you know, every you know, however many years. I mean, yeah, it's... You just get, sure it gets, you're on vacation that it week. Gets, right. It gets cleaned every... <laughs> and clean and sanitized and sterilized like every time we brew. So I suppose you're putting boiling wort through it right yeah, away. And boiling water. Yeah. Uh, Huh, okay. All right. Maybe I'm worried about nothing then. Yeah, you're kind of kind of hard. <laughs> well, then I'm worried about nothing. <laughs> I need to get a plate chiller. God damn it! And uh, again, this might be one of those ask ten get ten answers, but I'm I'm going with the yeah, you don't you don't fucking worry about his beer. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, they, the brewers came back and they were all like upset. They're like the chiller's blocked, and I'm and I I was like, all right, I'm like I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna look at it and it's gonna be something dumb and simple. And it was. They had just left the glycol valves on full blast so it was just frozen <laughs> I'm like shut they froze off. the wart no they froze the oh the, froze the chiller the wart wouldn't go into it oh Jesus Christ <laughs> so I was like turn off the glycol uh, turn what? off the cold water get the ho- hot water hose hooked up to the hot liquor tank and start spraying that down <laughs> and I went back to my office and did more paperwork <laughs> morons <laughs> Um, okay, so and then yeast. I originally was going to go with uh, WLP one, uh, and it's called for four smack packs. But I'm going to jimmy off some seventh uh, or eighth eighth generation Scottish ale yeast that Mike has. He's okay. I could grab. So nice. make sure bit. it's a lot. He knows what you're. He he knows what you're brewing. Yeah, yeah. I showed it him. Needs, the it needs to be a very large amount of yeast. Sure. So they you're doing five gallons. Yep. Your recipe would call for like four. Um, if you're doing a five gallon like a regular beer, would it be like two? Right. Yeah, we we do a liter starter on it. Yeah, I would absolutely make sure this is a nice, healthy, fresh, um, seventh or eighth gen. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I would, I would maybe balk at the freshness of a seventh or eighth gen yeast if it, I mean, unless it was like literally you were pulling it from something that just got done fermenting. Um, yeah. And I've done that with Jeff before up there before. All right. Yeah. You want to, you want to make right sure it's nice, nice and healthy and that it's, it's ripping and fed. Um, if you under pitch, you're going to get weird off flavors. Um, you stress the yeast. Yeah. The fuck and, out. and do not stop the fermentation. Let it, let it ferment. <laughs> let, let it do its thing. Let do it do its, its thing. thing. Don't yeah. stop it. Don't crash it. Don't, don't, don't fuck with it. Just <laughs> let it ferment. Wait, do people stop fermentations? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do such a thing? I don't know. Not psychotic and trying to do a 13% <laughs> beer for the first time ever. Well, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't really doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it needs to just finish. Yep. You can't just stop it. It's not, it'll kick weird flavors. It'll taste green. It'll get mad at you. <laughs> in, well, in it some, honestly will. It'll get Some pissed. people won't taste it and then whatever. But then people like me will roll by and be like, you stop the fermentation on this. Don't do that. You're bad. I'll hit you in the nose with a newspaper. <laughs> a rolled right. up Zymergy magazine. <laughs> cool. So yeah, just I don't know. Make sure make sure it, it smells good, looks good. Give it a little, give it a little taste. You know, um, make sure it's active. Cut that little yeast pack open. Use your knife. You know, snort some. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> anyway, all right. All right. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I mean, I don't know if I really have anything to add. Do you? No. No? Do you have any questions for us while we're here? Not at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, so just kind of recap. Uh, we took what you had, which was um, 75% Belgian two-row, uh, C120, at, this is for 17% C120, uh, 4% uh, chocolate malt, and 4% oats, and we kind of broke that down a little bit uh, to Maris Otter, um, a layering of C60 and DRC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then a de-bittered uh, black malt of some kind. I don't remember which one we decided on. Uh, was it Carafa or... Yeah, just Carafa. do Carafa 3 Special. Yep. Or uh, de-bittered or de however you want to... And then oats. And then uh, instead of the Willamette, uh, we're going to swap that out with just something high alpha acid. Um, Magnum Columbus, whatever. Yeah. Literally, whatever's the cheapest. We use K2 
cans of um, I mean, you could almost Columbus use hot, wax. And if you want, you could use hop shots with this too. CO2. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. that would be that'd be even better. That'd be kind of cool, fun. Yep. Uh, yeah, because that's just straight. It's just alpha yeah. acid. Yep. In a little tube. Yeah, a little syringe and go. Um, and then yeah, uh, and then you're gonna we're gonna get a good pitch of yeast and let her rip. This is gonna be a very active. We're gonna have to blow the yeah, very blow active off. fermentation. I would not. I would not use an airlock on this. I would absolutely use a blow off tube. Fun fact: you can see uh, lids hit the ceiling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you get a stuck airlock. Fun fact. <laughs> That no, the noise that it makes when it, <laughs> it, it uh, get a fresh pair of underwear the first time. It <laughs> just boom. It's fucking loud, man. Like holy shit, what bomb went off in my house? Mm-hmm. I was listening to another uh, podcast, beer podcast, and during their talk, a fermenter blew its thing mm-hmm. off and shot up into the ceiling. Nice. It's yeah, it, and I've I've had beers where they just fill the uh, the airlock up. Full of, uh, you know, yeast <laughs> of the of the Krausen just like through the airlock and it's just leaking out. Like, <laughs> well, luckily it didn't get stuck, but yeah, blow off tube definitely. Um, do where do we land on sugar? We talked about sugar at one point, right? Yeah. Um, um, I personally, I don't know if it needs it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, what do you think? Probably not. Like I, I feel like there's going to be enough fermentable stuff there with, with the base malt. And yeah, try it without it. I mean, you it might get that more syrupy body that you're looking for. Um, but yeah, if you want to thin it out, we could definitely throw. Candy I don't want sugars. thin. I'd, I'd rather have it thicker. Got it. Like if I could cut it with a fork and knife and chew on it, Skip that'd be awesome. The sugar. All right. Cool. I think uh, I don't, Gordon. Did you get all the information you needed? I think so. I hope we. I hope we were helpful <laughs> and not a hindrance. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. And I don't know if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you. Go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios, or follow us on Twitter at blindnerdscoreninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for taking time in to tune in this week. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find all episodes of Homebrew Bound on its own feed wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Now, many of you have asked, how can you help out the show? First off, please drop a review and comment wherever you find your favorite podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Audible, and Spotify. Secondly, click in the click the link in the episode notes where you will find a link to the tip jar. Just a dollar is all I ask. You can also head over to patreon.com slash rules of the arena and become a patron today. Last but not least, I do have a store, but it is down right now as we work on moving it to a new location. It's going to be back up soon, I promise, where you can find a full line of shirts, leggings, sweatshirts, and more. And in July, we have a limited release run coming out with in collaboration with J.E. Collins and J.E. Collins Photography, excuse me, and Cohen Hamelswang, who you might remember from episode 9. We're shooting for July 1st on that. If you want to keep in touch with upcoming live recordings, future guests, and limited merch releases, like and follow the show on Facebook and Instagram, both at Rules of the Arena Podcast. And don't forget to check out my other show called No Story Left Behind. It's available on its own feed wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you have any comments, questions, ideas, or would like to be a guest on either show, shoot me an email, gordon at blindnitchstudios.com. Thank you, everyone, and we'll be back next week.